The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Podcast. I'm your host Connor Livesy, joined by my co-host today, Joey Ikes. We are about two weeks uh, through training camp, and we are working our way into the first week of the preseason. Uh, just to give everybody a heads up, if you don't remember, there's only three preseason games this year instead of four, so we're we're rolling. We're about a month out from week one, and it's we're going to be here before we know it. Uh, we're going to talk about some of these guys we're looking forward to seeing in the preseason game uh, coming up this Saturday. Before we get going, Joey, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good, Connor. It's uh, like you said, it's getting close, and um, you know, preseason's going to start here in the next few days, and then all of a sudden, it's going to feel like we're cutting down to 53 because of how fast this stuff happens once they start playing games. Yeah, like it's kind of crazy. I I was out of town for baseball again last weekend, and the Hall of Fame game was on. And I was like, no way, NFL football. You know, going through the guide on the TV, and I was like, no way, NFL football is on, right? And I was like, holy crap, man, we are. We are back into the season. We will not have another weekend without football for a long time. So that's that's always exciting. And uh, like I said, it, it, it we're, we're counting down to preseason. But man, that countdown to week one is is going to be here before you know it. And it's gonna it's gonna come quick for sure. Yep, absolutely. All right, so we've gotten some minor injury stuff. We you know that we we've been talking about. I think we talked about this last week, but you know we, we mentioned there's no suspensions. We got a suspension. We've gotten some minor injuries. Um, so the pre week one preseason game might look a little different than it did a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, but I still think for the most part, there's kind of a short list of guys that you're kind of looking forward to seeing out there, uh, in game action against, a you know, not, not, not your teammates, uh, another opponent type of type of action. So we're just going to go through five guys, Joey, I'm gonna start with you. So you'll do five, three and one, and I'm going to do four and two. So we haven't planned this at all. So it might take us some time because we might pick some of the same guys, but I'm going to start with you. Who's that, you know, five being you're still excited, but the least excitement and then count down the one of the guy that you're just, you're dying to see on the field. And you can't really wait to see what happens. I'm going to go with Chuma Idoga. And the reason okay. why is 
because he's been based, he's been filling in a lot for Tyron Smith as Tyron sort of works in and out of his uh, veteran rest day load management sort of process through training camp. And so he's gotten a lot of the, uh, the Micah Parsons wrecking practice conversation has <laughs> happened against Truma Adoga. Um, and it seems like their plan is not for Tyler Smith to become the left tackle and someone to fill in at guard, but for someone to fill in at tackle should Tyron Smith go down. Um, and so I'm interested to see Truma Adoga go against somebody besides the best edge rusher in the NFL and see how he holds up. And the plan, I believe, is for the Jaguars to play their starters for a little bit. So he will get to go against frontline NFL players. It just won't be you know, the best player in the NFL that he's going against rep for rep, rep after rep. So I'm interested to see how he holds up there at, at a left tackle where he's been playing most of camp. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say I roll my eyes at it, but like, you know, we've been, we've been a show who's been like, we think that if Chuma Doga had to play, he'd be fine. I feel like a lot of folks are maybe overreacting a little bit of the struggles that maybe he's had and some of these back offense, backup offensive linemen have had. Uh, so far in camp, and I mean the the main thing to understand and remember is is that we're seeing, you know, we're I tweeted it out the other day, but we're seeing this offense have its wins and have its losses. We're seeing this defense have it wins has its wins and has its losses. So I mean I think it's important to know that this team is really talented, and when Chuma Adoga is getting first team reps reps against Demarcus Lawrence and also Digizua and Michael Parsons and some of these other guys, like he's going to struggle and. Hopefully he wins, you know, 30% of those battles because that's going to do well for him because he's not going to see players like that, like you said, kind of in the regular season. So I just think it's important for the fans and media and everybody to really understand that this team's talented. And when you have a really talented team on both sides of the ball, you're going to have some wins and you're going to have some losses from some of your better um, and even best players on the roster. So when Trayvon Diggs has two picks in one game, but he gives up two or three touchdowns, I almost count that as a win for the whole team because he's taking, you know, they're exchanging blows and, they're getting their wins and they're getting their losses against good players on the other side too. Yeah. And, and typically, you know, you're going to play eight or nine defensive linemen in a game. You're only going to play hopefully five offensive linemen in a game. So even when Matt Willetsko is playing second team left tackle, he's going against Dante Fowler or somebody that's going to have seven right. sacks during the regular season. And he's a guy you hope never plays. So those backup offensive linemen are at such a massive disadvantage in these practices and things like that, that once we get into these preseason games, that's really where you have to evaluate these guys, uh, because otherwise you're just going to wind up, especially on a defensive line this deep, um, those guys are at a massive disadvantage. No doubt. All right, my uh, number four guy is DeMarvion Overshone, the rookie linebacker out of Texas. Um, I think he's had a, a pretty good camp um, compared to maybe some of the other rookies and some of these other young linebackers. He's He had a really good practice the other day where I think he had two interceptions. I think one almost called back. But I think he's a guy that's really going to shine in preseason just because he's able to kind of free flow to the football, um, you know, and, and that's something he does well when he's able to stay unblocked and, and roam sideline to sideline. And, you know, it, it, I don't know that we're going to see Mozzie Smith. Where we might get into that a little later just because of the injury stuff, the, the MRI that he had on his knee. But I think either way, whether that's Mozzie Smith or Quentin Bohanna or Jonathan Hankins, um, even some of these other defensive linemen, he's going to have NFL-ready or NFL-caliber players in front of him eating up some of those blocks and allowing him to really shine, which I think is going to be very well for him. 
Um, and then he's, he showed up well in coverage in camp, you know, he showed up well in the, the one-on-one stuff. He showed up well in the seven on seven, the team period and all that. So I think he's really going to shine, um, and show his ability to play the run and play the pass as a cover defender, um, which is something that this team lead needs. We've talked about it, you know, from, from the start, you know, free agency draft, the one, I guess you could put it as a weakness, but I don't know if we'd really consider it a true weakness as the linebacker core is not all that top-end talent it doesn't have a ton of depth to it so if the Marvion Overshun can come in and prove to be a you know starting possibly starting caliber if not a really good depth piece at linebacker that does shore up one of the quote-unquote weaknesses for this team yeah and the the cool thing about defense in these preseason games especially for young you know young guys at the linebacker position and the safety position especially is you're pretty basic from a coverage standpoint and a, and a front standpoint here in these games. So there's, and there's not a whole lot of game planning. You're not trying to read tendencies or anything like that. It's just roll the ball out there, read and react and go play football. And so for a guy like Overshawn that they've put a lot on his plate um, through training camp to just get to roll out there and show off the athleticism that got him picked in the third round and just go run and hit and make tackles and make plays. Uh, but, I think this is going to be a really, really good introduction to the idea of playing in the NFL for Overshawn. And I agree with you. I think he will. Uh, I think will he will have a a really good a really good showing over the course of the next couple of weeks. No doubt. All right. Uh, who do you got for that number three spot? So number three, I'm going to go with John Stevens Jr. Um, and he. He's really – you see on – you'll be watching training camp live or, you know, you'll see a John Machoda uh, Twitter video or Patrick Walker or somebody like that, and there's this massive tight end. <laughs> like, it reminds me of Donald Perham from a few years ago. Out of, out of yes. <laughs> like, you you see – and, I mean, all the – tight ends are all tall. They're all, like, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and then there's John Stevens, and he looks like he's half a head taller than everybody else. And then yeah. it seems it just seems like – and he, he hasn't gotten a lot of, like, hype, but it just seems like every time you're watching, he's making a play. He's going down the seam. He's going up over guys. He's catching the ball, things like that. So I'm interested to see – because he's a former wide receiver, played wide receiver in college – who's transitioning to tight end. I'm just interested to see how this thing kind of plays out with, with him making that transition. And when he gets in, when he gets the opportunity to, uh, to go down the field and make some plays against some, some backup secondaries in the league. Um, the tight end position for the Cowboys seems like it's pretty set. Um, but I wonder if they're, you know, there's some practice squad opportunity or something like that for John Stevens. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be cool to see him uh, go up against another team. And like I said, he just looks different when he's on the field just because of how tall he is. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see how well he moves and all that kind of stuff on a full field, 11 on 11 game type situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, That's a really good name. That's one I was kind of circling might bring up too. Uh, And again, like you, you mentioned it, like, I guess, kind of we assume that that tight end rotation set but I guess it wouldn't totally shock me if he beats out of Sean I mean again Sean McEwen seems to be having a good camp too and has been around here for a little bit you know we like they like Peyton Hendershot a lot but it wouldn't totally shock me if whether that's you know they are being patient with Luke Schoonmaker and decide to start him on you know 
I don't know. I, they can IR return him. Um, they can do some roster tricks like they always try to do. But maybe there's a way that John Stevens either beats one of these you know, third or fourth tight end guys out. They end up, you know, deciding to go with him over one of these guys who's been around here for a little bit, or maybe the injury of Screenmaker makes him makes him be a little patient with him and start him off slow and and give John Stevens an opportunity to earn him, you know, earn his keep for the first six, seven, eight weeks of the season. Yeah, it'll be this is a deep roster, so it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of those uh those roster mechanisms they they pull and what kind of tricks they play to uh to get all their guys back to their team. You almost got to wonder, I mean, again, like I know the tight end position is not super valuable nowadays, but you almost got to wonder, you know, if, if he goes out and has a great preseason, do did Peyton Hendershot, you know, add himself some trade value last year showing up and, and doing pretty solid as an undrafted rookie? You know, do, do does somebody look to maybe trade for a tight end, you know, a young tight end that they want to develop behind somebody else? And maybe maybe that's one of those positions we're not really thinking of, but has a little surplus of talent if one of these, you know, younger guy steps up and proves to be a, a player that can get on the active roster and be ready to contribute during the regular season. So it's something to kind of always keep an eye on. You know, these we always talk about the positions with surplus and a lot of people look at the offensive line. That's the last position I'd want to trade away. But, you know, you, you try to count down and highlight a couple of these positions where you might have an extra guy or two that another team might want. And, you know, some of these young tight ends are they're all they're all young guys. That's the that's the positive thing is you're not trying to trade somebody an agent veteran. You're for trading guys who are one, two, three years into their rookie contract and uh, young, cheap, and, you know, has some upside to them. Maybe maybe somebody's looking to trade you, you know, a linebacker, or trade you. Maybe they're trying to trade you an offense lineman or something like that, and you can get something uh, for, for one of these tight ends if, if they all work out and are healthy and ready to go at the start of the season. Yeah, we've seen the Cowboys make, you know, little trades with undrafted free agent rookies that play really well in the preseason and flip them into – flip them to another team for a, like a middle of the depth chart offensive line piece. Uh, you know, they did that with Charvarius Ward, which, you know, I'm sure they probably wish they had that deal back considering the career that he's had. <laughs> but, uh, but it just, uh, you know, they're, they're not beyond that sort of mechanism. And, uh, and, you know, corner might be a spot where they, they would consider making a move like that. And I think tight end with the way the top three or four is, set up with their the level of investment they have in those guys from a time and, and draft pick standpoint um, that maybe one of these middle or back end of the uh, the tight end depth chart guys does get moved just to uh, just to keep from having to just cut a guy and get nothing for him even if you get a 2026 20, second round pick or seventh round pick or something like that that's better than just cutting a guy get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's always my favorite thing to kind of dream or manifest or whatever. But like, 
imagine you're, you're the GM for the day, like the amount of player, you know, like me, me, you, all these people who do content, like I feel like we try to trade all these players who are like the 60th man on the roster and be like, wonder what we could get for that guy. Like there's gotta be somebody that wants a Peyton Hendershot out there. Let's see if we can get who, we, who's the best player we can get for, for one of those players. Yeah. That's, like the, the NBA style, like trade for a draft pick five years from now, like right, right. That, <laughs> that, that GM won't even be there whenever that pick is actually made, but it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the Madden thing. Like if I was GM in football, I'd be like, all right, who can I get for a 2026 first round pick right now? Like I'm right. I'm not going to be here for that anyways. You know, I'm playing one season on this video game that I'm done. So, <laughs> but yep, uh, exactly. All right. For the second guy, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because I feel like this is the obvious one, but I got to do it. Jalen Tolbert, um, I think he's going to get a decent amount of run, and I think he's really going to show that he's ready to make a big impact in year two. Obviously, a really disappointing year one for him. Didn't didn't really contribute whatsoever. Um, you know, didn't didn't make the active roster most of the days. It was a, it was a struggle. For him to get on the field, it was a struggle when he was on the field. So I think I think this is his – he's shown it all during camp that he's looked to take that next step, and I think he's going to come out this preseason and do the same thing. Um, he's going to get a big opportunity this year, I think, is, you know, being that locked-in wide receiver number four. And we've seen these receivers, Michael Gallup's been banged up the last couple of years. You know, Brandon Cooks is, is a guy who might, might be known to miss a couple games a year. You know, CeeDee Lamb stayed relatively healthy, but – I think that he's really, you know, I've said this a couple months ago, but I think he's going to like prove to be a true wide receiver three in this league uh, this year, whether that's wide receiver three on this team, or he just has a really, really good season as this team's wide receiver four. I think he's going to be, you know, a very good and, you know, uh, just a guy who I think is going to make plays down the field. He's going to run the whole route tree. He's going to move inside. He's going to move outside. All the things that we saw him do at a high level at South Alabama, he didn't do in year one. I think he's going to show in year two. And uh, really impress this, impress the fan base, impress the team, and make them seem a lot smarter than a lot of fans thought they were last year when he didn't get on the field, wasn't able to contribute. And a lot of people were ready to cut ties with him going into this year. So Jalen Tolbert's my second guy that I, or the, the the second most excited guy. I'm excited to see on Saturday, um, mainly because I think he's showing up and having good reps against the Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore's. So I think that when he gets out there against some of these teams, you know, four or five or six corner, he's really going to feast on those guys and, and prove to be a, a legit weapon for this offense in 2023. Yeah, and it's one of those, you know, and I tweeted about this a couple of weeks ago now at this point, like if Jalen Tolbert turns out to be a dude, like if he turns out to be a real life NFL high quality wide receiver, this offense is going to get real tough because then they're going to have the ability to go anywhere from, you know, four wide personnel, whether you add a running back or a tight end as the fifth skill possession player, um, they'll be able to go four wide on you with legit NFL wide receivers. They'll be able to go as deep as three, maybe even four tight ends with real legit NFL tight ends. And they'll be able to go, you know, we'll get to the running back conversation. If not today, then another day for sure. They can go two backs on you too, at least with probably real life, legit NFL backs. And that level of personnel flexibility um, gives you a ton of flexibility from a game planning standpoint and all that, that you don't get if you only have three real life wide receivers. And, and that's before you even get to, 
the injury conversation and things like that, like like you just mentioned. So, yes, I think Jalen Tolbert is a fantastic one. He's been somebody, I think, who has had a lot of attention throughout camp and will continue to as we get through the preseason because he's answered the call in camp. Now it's time to see if he can do it under the lights in, in preseason games against other competition. Yep, no, absolutely. I mean, I think his, like, the thing that excites me most about him is going into camp, it's not like he was – written in Sharpie is the wide receiver four. Like there's questions if Simi Fajoko would do that. There's, you know, there's some questions about Dennis Houston. Like there, it wasn't like it was, he was slated into that wide receiver four slot and that was it. So the fact that he went out and really like earned that, I think is, cause we didn't even see that last year. Like, you know, he was trying to like, we kind of almost penciled him in as the wide receiver three last year. And that never ended up happening, but he never really showed the ability to win that job. I mean, even though we laugh at it now, like Dennis Houston was a guy who was having a better camp than him last year. There was, you know, Simi Foco was having probably a better camp than him last year. So like, it's just, it's, it's nice to see him. It's like, he knows that that opportunity is in front of him. He goes out, he took advantage of it. He won that opportunity. So I think he's really, like I said, set up well to, uh, to really be a good player for this offense this year. But uh, all right. Who do you got as that last guy and the most exciting player for you that you're looking forward to see on Saturday? The guy I'm really excited to see on Saturday is Hunter Lepke um, because I think he's going to get a lot of work. And I think he's going to get a lot of work in a lot of different ways. I think he's going to see some reps as like a true fullback early in the game. We've seen some clips of him uh, coming out, you know, shout out to our buddy Landon McCool, who's drooling over them lining up in I formations and, and fullbacks leading through the hole in in short yardage sets. We've seen him do that and go up and take on linebackers. And then we've also seen him line up as a single back and take handoffs and catch balls out of the backfield and things like that. And he's also going to wind up getting a bunch of work on special teams too, just because the body type is that same body type as what most linebackers are carrying and what tight ends are carrying. That is what, you know, you build your special teams group around. So he's going to get a lot of run on Saturday, I'm sure, both in a lot of different ways. And I'm really excited to see, how they use him, and I'm excited to see what he looks like as a ball carrier on an NFL field because if he is capable of being a real-life, you know, short yardage, pass pro, if if he's capable of being Ezekiel Elliott after California income taxes, like way lower version of, of what Ezekiel Elliott has been for the last few years, like to get that from an undrafted free agent is exactly what you want and what you hope for, for that kind of role. And so it'll be really cool to see how they use him, to see what they have in mind uh, for him, and and to see if they, during these preseason games, play off the dichotomy at all of Hunter Lepke and Deuce Vaughn in terms of like size and skill set and all that kind of stuff and how much they're on the field together versus how much they get used separately and, and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see Hunter Lepke uh, take the field with a star on his helmet as a uh, as that kind of uh, the I, I don't even know the right word for it, but it's not really a fullback, not really a running back, not really a tight end, but that you know the old uh, the old uh, uh, Merle Hodge uh, factor back, right? <laughs> the guy who does everything. So it'll be cool to see that happen, and I'm excited to see what he looks like because you know he's a guy we, we've all kind of hyped up throughout the media space. Um, since he since he signed with the Cowboys. So it'll be cool to see that manifest itself on the field. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's a good one too. Um, I'm surprised none of us said Deuce Vaughn. You just mentioned his name, and that made me, man, we didn't even mention him because he's gotten so much love and attention from the media. I mean, some of that's probably just solely based on his size and the fact that he's tied to the Cowboys before he was drafted. But I think also he's a guy who could have a good camp. Um, I'm going to give an honorable mention, and then you can give one if you want. But I think Eric Scott's a guy who's had a really good camp, and I'm really excited to see him kind of play against some of these other receivers because we. We've seen him, you know, win a lot of battles against some of the deeper depth chart guys and then has, has done some good things against some of those top guys, too, in the CD Lambs and Brandon Cook. So I'm excited to see him in game action, um, you know, because, again, I remember, what was it, two years ago, you know, Nation Wright was kind of a, a pick that no one really was excited about. He came out in camp and had a good camp, and then as, as the preseason progressed and the rate we got into the regular season, things didn't really materialize. Um, so I'm excited to see him kind of play against another team, you know, in a, in a game like setting to see if what he's doing in camp is going to translate to the field against, you know, a different opponent. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, you gave the, uh, the joint honorable mention of Deuce Vaughn that, you know, if we, if we had six players on our list, I think Deuce Vaughn <laughs> wound up on our list. Um, but the other one I'll give is, is Jalen Brooks. And that's because he's probably, his performance over the next three weeks probably is the difference between them keeping six wide receivers or keeping five wide receivers on the, on the roster going into the season. Um, Just because pretty much any of the other wide receivers below him on the depth chart would be easily practice squadable. And he may even be too, but if, if he plays in these next few weeks in the games, the way he has at practice, he's going to wind up forcing his way onto the active roster um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see we we you know we have these darling wide receivers it's an annual exercise for for the fan base to clamp on to one of these down roster wide receivers as the next guy who's going to make the roster and be the next Miles Austin or Cole Beasley or you know whoever it is um, that has done this um, and so we've seen this happen before and then it falls off once we get to the games if Brooks can maintain what he's done, maintain this trajectory through the games, um, it'll be, uh, he's probably going to force them into keeping a sixth wide receiver, which may shake up their plans from a roster construction standpoint a little bit. Yeah. And, and I was talking about, talking about that with somebody on Twitter the other day. I can't remember who I was talking about it with, but um, you know, somebody was like, we kind of stopped falling in love with these receivers who do good, you know, in the off season. And then we keep them on the roster and then they do nothing in the regular season. And, like going back and thinking, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of these guys that we've had the love with, it's been training camp and then preseason gets there and then they don't really show up in the games. And then it's like, okay, were we, were we being lied to during the training camp practices? Like, am I, am I forgetting somebody who dominated camp, dominated preseason and then came into the regular season or, you know, we didn't, they didn't keep them and they ended up being really good because I always felt like it was the John Bay Johnsons and training camp practices. And then when the preseason games came along, they kind of went MIA. Yeah, that's, that's what happens most of the time because a lot of these practices are set up to be offense advantageous and wide receiver advantageous. These one-on-one drills and things like that. Um, and so, so that is, you know, that's happens a lot, but then also we, for, we spend these three or four weeks of training camp every year talking about guy number 45 through guy number 60 on the roster, basically. We don't talk too much about, you know, the starting linebackers, for example. 
or the we don't talk all that much about the top three wide receivers. We're talking about wide receivers four, five, and six, right? We've talked about Tolbert, Turpin, and Brooks, and even Moreno Cropper probably as much as we've talked about those top three wide receivers. But those top three wide receivers are going to get 98% of the offensive wide receiver snaps throughout the course of the year. So, of course, that wide receiver six isn't necessarily going to go in and dominate during the season. That's not the exercise during camp. The exercise is, can this guy get himself on the roster and have another year of development and maybe have a chance to come in next offseason and push for that wide receiver three, wide receiver four role? Um, it, it's really more of a development and future outlook thing that it is. Or is this a guy who, in case of an injury, has a chance to come in and maybe contribute uh, that's really the exercise, especially for positions like wide receiver, because we're talking about the the very, very bottom of the roster with these guys that we that we almost never talk about any other time other than this three or four week period when the Cowboys are in Oxnard. Yeah, no, that's right. That's true. Um, well, cool. Yeah, no, we uh, we got week one of the preseason coming up. Well, I guess it's technically week two at the Hall of Fame game being week one, but every NFL team will play a preseason game this week. So it's technically week one for the Cowboys, week one for those rest of the teams that didn't play last week in the Hall of Fame game. So we will have a lot more to talk about uh, with an actual football game being played this weekend uh, next week on the show. Make sure you guys are following along on all the other shows on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We appreciate all the support. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week on the Talk of the Star podcast. See you then.